Hey everyone, this is Ryan, and you're listening to the Key Chains Podcast. Uh, this is a continuation of our series where we're reviewing each of the different houses for the Age of Ascension set. Last week we did Brobnar. Coming up in this episode is Dis. Just a quick note about our grading system as you go into this episode. Uh, we give things a grade of either strong, average, or weak. If you were going to equate them to a the American grading system, strong would be like your A's, your B pluses. Average would be your B's, C's, maybe your D pluses. And then weak would be D's and F's. So we're still learning the set a little bit. We played a little bit with it, but, you know, we're by no means experts. Um, so take all these, you know, with our subjective grains of salt. Uh, and if you disagree, definitely let us know. Um, even if you do agree, let us know. Hit us up on Twitter, uh, on Instagram, Facebook, wherever you're following us, uh, and let us know what you think. I love having my mind changed. It means I learned something. And if I don't have my mind changed, then maybe I change someone else's mind and they learn something. So hit us up, let us know, and uh, enjoy the episode. All right, so that moves us on to Dis. Yeah. Dis. Everyone's favorite house. I, I love this. This is great. It's so great. Uh, and it's not disappointing in the set. Hmm. Or disappointing in the set. Yeah, see? Yeah. So many unintentional puns of the damn word. All right. We're going to start off with Ember Imp. Um, sorry, just kidding. There's now confusion because Ember Imp is a actual real thing, and now there's Amber Imp, the A-E, you know, the thing that we're trying to collect Amber. more keys with. Amber Imp. Um, Amber. Amber. Amber Imp is a uh, common... Two power imp uh, that says elusive after a creature reaps, stun it. What do you think? This card's rude. It is very I don't rude. think we need it's strong. It's a strong card. It continues that repate thing. Uh, granted, two, two power definitely makes it easy to get rid of. Yep. But that makes it fair. It, yeah, yeah, it makes it fair. It, and, but it has elusive too. So, I mean, the only real reliable way you're getting rid of it is killing it. With through direct damage, but yeah, I mean you could fight into it twice. True, um, and you could use direct damage to get rid yeah, of it. Fighting into it twice feels bad. Uh, one thing too, yeah, of course it does. Um, but so does getting stunned after you reap. True. Uh, another thing to consider: this affects you. It's a yep. uh, symmetrical effect. Symmetrical so when effect. after you reap, you get stunned. Yep. Sometimes um, you don't care about that though. Correct. Well, you can also play it around any symmetrical effect. You can play it around, uh, but you can also blow up your own ember with uh, like a removal spell of some kind. Um, so I think it's strong. I think yep. we're good there. Uh, so next up is Banish. It is a common action. Gives you a bonus ember. And says, play, put an enemy creature into your opponent's archives. This card is good. Yeah. This bonus card ember, is super removal. strong. Yeah. The reason why I say this card is super strong is it's it's unconditional. Mm -hmm. The only downside is it goes to your opponent's archives. Yes. Incidental capture, like we talked about Pile of Skulls. You banish that creature away. Yep. You get the amber. They're not going to recapture on you. Mm -hmm. You know, you can, you know, problem creatures you just get rid of. I mean, if you're going to forge the next turn, you know, if you're going to forge, you could always banish something like Charette mm -hmm. or, or something like that. Like you say, you have a key charge in hand. Well, I mean, I guess you're banishing, you're not key charging. Um, but, you know, if you have things you need to do with Amber or mm -hmm. like, I don't know if I... Well, Doesn't so like you, like you said with Charette, like you you banish the Charette into their archive. Well, now they have to call this to play yep. Charette, and that might not have been their yep. optimal or, play. Or old Bruno. Yep. Or anything like that. Like you you're you're kind of forcing them. If they want to replay that creature, they have to call that house, and that might not have been what they wanted to do. Right. Exactly. Um, so your anything you can do to kind of disrupt your opponent's uh, turn flow yep. is is ideal. I mean, so. it's it's not as good as destroy. It's not as bad finger quotes here as stun. 
Or direct damage. Or direct damage. Well, direct damage would be kind of like destroy-ish. Yeah. yeah. Assuming you kill it. Fair. Um, so it's kind of in that middle between between stun mm-hmm. and destroy. Um, probably a little closer to being as good as uh, destroy than it is as not bad as stun. Yep. Um, so it's solid. It's a solid strong card. Uh, definitely. So next up is Binding Irons. It is a common action uh, that says play. Your opponent gains three chains. Uh, I'm going to put this card in strong as well. Uh, three chains is seems like very little, but this not only causes them to dissuade playing any cards that would give them chains as well, because mm-hmm. that would push them into the next tier potentially. Um, they start... They, <clears throat> I guess... It's not as good as something like Succubus, where you know it just exists. And That's my argument. Yeah, is like one um, one chain is not a big deal. I mean, sorry, three three changes is three turns, but one card is what I meant. One yeah. card is not a big deal. Succubus, uh, <laughs> Succubus uh, was a um, you know it was a, it was a pretty strong card because it could stay out there. They had to deal with it, but uh, Binding Irons has the advantage of it is guaranteed for three turns. Succubus could get immediately destroyed. Yep. But the downside is that there's no way to interact with Binding Irons once they get those chains. So they don't have to waste a card on removing a Succubus. Um, so I think it's average. It's, yeah. it's probably on the upper end of average, but I think it's average. I think multiples of this card... I, I don't know yes. if multiples can exist. This oh, maybe. Uh, I haven't seen... I've got a few decks with Binding Irons in it, and I have not seen... More, than, more one. than one. And like you said, if they already have chains, then Binding Irons gets better the more yeah. chains they have. So if they're right on that edge, if they have, like, what is it, six chains is the yeah. limit for one card, uh, and you can play Binding Irons and get them to that seven-plus chain mark, now they're at two cards, totally different story. And we're also looking at this from, like, a, a, a like freshly open pack situation, like, in Archon, like, Archon Chainbound. Yeah, like, totally different. Like, Binding Irons, like, dropping Binding Irons on that good deck that somebody yep. has already, like, that's rough. Yeah, it can, yeah, it can be totally different there. Um, so next up is Charette. It is a common demon uh, with four power that says play, capture three. Yeah, um, I mean, we all know from... Yeah, it's just a strong. We yeah. don't need to get into too much about Charette. Yeah, yeah I mean, there's... There, it's Capture it's three is like the if you, pain, is like the worst. Yeah, if you played Call of the Archons, uh, you're already familiar with how good Charette is. Yeah. Um, if you didn't play Call of the Archons, the fact that she is four power um, is actually huge. And, uh, and that... Capture three. harder to remove. Well, yeah, I mean the capture three is huge, yeah. and that's half a key right there. Yeah. Um, but that four power makes a big difference compared yep. to like three power or anything. Yep. It's a lot harder to remove that. Um, move on to call the weak, a common action. Uh, actually, I think we're we're just gonna say all of these are commons, and when we switch to the uncommons, I'll say because these are organized by rarity. Yeah. So I don't know why I'm saying that. For yeah. Actually, I don't know. <laughs> so we're gonna go back to not announcing the rarities. Uh, so call the weak is an action, gives you a bonus ember, and says destroy the least powerful enemy creature. I'd say this is pretty average. Yeah. Um, because it can both benefit and hurt you. I mean, if we talk about the card that's coming up next, Death Nymph, like that's gonna probably be on the list of least powerful creatures. You just you play Call of the Week, you hand them two Ember. Right. And you get one. Well, you also just don't play Call of the Week in that I situation. Mean, I know, I'm just saying <laughs> I'm just saying, like it it, it is a card that They're you kinda like to it. Like Again, it's one of those cards that gives you an amber, so discarding it feels bad. Yep. So, but you look at the table and you're like, uh, I might have to because Dust Imp's on the table. Yep. And that, I mean, granted, if there are multiple twos, you get to choose, Yep. which is nice. Well, I think it's, but, 
it's also pretty good because the um, typically elusive creatures have lower power. Right. So you're going to be able to pop some of the annoying elusive creatures. Right. What's really annoying is when they have a bad penny alongside a low power, like exactly. a two power elusive creature. Then yeah, it's know, not that tar- it's not as targeted as you, you'd like it to be. Yeah. Um, the the upside is, is it's always going to be an enemy creature, not yours. Correct. So you don't have to worry and a bonus ember. So yep. it's, it's solid. So yep. at, at the the floor of this card is that bonus ember destroy something. Right. Um, even if it's not the best thing ever. Uh, so it's it's good. It's yep. fine. It's solid. It's playable. Yep. Um, so that's going to take us to Dust Imp. It's a reprint. It is a uh, creature. Sorry, it's an imp. Um, then with two power that says destroyed gain two ember. Yeah. Is it strong or is it average? I it's think pretty it, average. I mean, yeah. the, the benefit the, is you can crack in. Right. On your it's own. at the upper end. Yeah. It's like delayed gain two ember. The, the problem is, is like where like you think about like 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 long term versus short term goals, right? Dust nymph, ha- like your your opponent's going to be disincentivized to killing it, right? right? So it's going to stay on the board a lot longer. So and you potential. could reap and just keep reaping with it. Like is turn for turn reaping with it going to get you more than just the two the two amber right away? Yeah, I mean well, you always have the option of just sending it flying into something. To yeah, get I mean like that's so that's the I other like thing it. too. If you want to like like the, that's that is a good thing, right? Is like you want to make sure you forge a key. You're at four. Let's just say you know you can crack it into something, get the two. Yeah, forge your key, and then you know you're you'll get it back at some point. Right. Um. And I I yeah I like it. I think it's yeah, good. It's good. Um, I don't think it's str- uh, I it's think not it's, strong. It's at the upper end of average, yeah. but it's it's not strong. Um, next card, Exhume is an action, gives you a bonus ember, and says, choose a creature in your discard pile. You may play that creature as if it belonged to the active house and was in your hand. So it doesn't move to your hand. It right. stays in the discard pile, but you play it directly from discard to, to the play. I don't think there's anything that cares about that distinction, but it's, it's right on now. there. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not right now. Yeah. Um, um, so I, I, I think it's great. I think it's a strong card. Yeah, you get to, it's house card. cheating. Again, this breaks one of the fundamental rules of Keyforge. Yeah, it, it was the thing that I always wanted out of Arise. Yep. It's like, because like, it always sucked to use Arise on a card or on a house, on a house that, that, that wasn't this. Yeah. But you got a ton of creatures that way. Yeah. This is one creature, but you can cheat the house. Yeah. Um, and we just mentioned Dust Imp. Great way. You crack Dust Imp into a creature, uh, use Exhume to get it back into play, and now they still, you know, if they don't deal with it, you're going to do the same thing, get more Ember. Or you're a really greedy opponent who played, uh, who has a bunch, and you play Shuler, crack Shuler into something yeah. stupid, then like Exhume Shuler again to yeah. steal two. It's pretty yeah. good. It's a good card, so I, I call it strong. Yeah. There's yeah. no downside to it. Uh, next up, Gub is a demon with one power that says, while Gub is not on a flank, it gets plus five power and taunt and gains taunt. I want to call this card strong, and and it did a lot of fun things for me while during our sealed event. Um, but I think it's average. It's pretty average. I mean, it, it's, it's not hard. It's not hard to get the five. But what do you and get? Taunt. What do you end up with? You end up with a five power taunter, which isn't the most amazing thing in the world. It's good. It's, it's good. But let's say this just said five power taunt, nothing else. Is that strong? I mean, yeah. Well, I'd, I'd say it's average. Taunt. I think Upper taunt. I think taunt is one of the underrated un- most underrated abilities in this game uh, because there isn't a lot of it, and most of it is is in sanctum. Yeah. I think giving, you know. In this one power creature that your opponent may ignore, but they probably won't because the moment your next turn starts up, you're going to play something next to it. So it gives them incentivize to waste resources on getting rid of it. Yeah. And then on top of that, if you have a really good like creature heavy dishand, you're guaranteeing that that 
plus five in top. Sure. And sure. you're gonna put put it next to some like some of the, your other things that you might have um, that we'll we'll talk about later. But there are other creatures. You can put it right next to your charrette. Yeah. And then now your charrette is got taunt. Like you're holding that amber even longer. Yeah. You know, like the more turns that that amber goes by, the less valuable that amber becomes because yep. it's just out there. No, that's that's fair. I don't think I don't think it's average. Exactly. I don't think any of that is enough it, to bump it into strong. I think no. you might be right about it. if we had a five power taunt creature that it might be considered strong. Yeah. Um, but Dub is not that creature. No. So uh, I think I think you're right. I think it's just average. Yeah. Um, we're moving on to Lash of Broken Dreams. Uh, I love to have it. Hate to see it. Yeah. Uh, it's a artifact weapon that says action. Keys cost plus three Ember during your opponent's next turn. So you yeah. use it on your turn. Now your opponent's keys cost minimum nine. Yep. Um, minimum nine. Minimum that's, nine. That's the thing. This is like it's 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 current cost plus three. Right. So if you have grabber jammers, mermooks, anything yeah. else that increase key cost. <laughs> Iron obelisk. Yeah. They, 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 like, they're just not forging. Um, I think it's a strong card. Didn't anything... somebody have like in our pre-release, or not pre-release, our release event, like somebody had like a key cost worth like 12? Yeah. Was that not because of Broken Lash Broken Dreams though? I don't I remember. I feel like there it might have been. I think that played in. Oh God, it was ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> so crazy. Um, strong card. Yeah, great. Um, it's also a reprint, in case yep. that matters to you. Uh, next up is Misery Exploit. It is an action that says, gain one ember for each damaged enemy creature. Um, Perfectly. I think it's average. I think it's a yeah. card that you just, you know, it's very conditional. It doesn't give me an ember for playing it, which right. is kind of like the bummer. Uh, I think it would be stronger if that was the case. And it's in a house that doesn't have a lot of ways to just do onesie twosie damages. Right. Um, it's but, not Brobnar. It's not... Uh, shadows, but set wide, it's pretty prevalent. Right. So you would the option for it to exist will be there. Yep, it's, it's just multiple yeah, turns. You can't just, control it in a single right. turn, generally speaking. Right. Um, but it, and that's why it's average instead of strong. Yep. Uh, if this were a Brobnar card, uh, that would be a better argument for a strong. Yep. But um, but it's it's fine. You yep. you get one or two ever often in general. Um, maybe less. Yeah. Uh, maybe more. Move on to. Not finished with you. It's an action. Gives you a bonus ember and says, shuffle any number of creatures from your discard pile into your deck. So it's a worse version of a rise. Yeah, I still uh, think it's pretty strong. It's irrespective of house. Right. So there is that. Um, I think when you, it's stronger the less cards you, or the fewer cards you have in your deck. Because if you have, like, let's say you have, like, four cards left in your deck and then you play this, now you're guaranteed only to get your creatures after that. Right. Plus those. Four. I mean, I had that exact situation happen. Yeah. I had one card. In my I had one card left. I played. Not finished with you. I pulled all the creatures in. Every creature back. Yeah. Like it was really like it's a good card. Like, but it doesn't give you those creatures right away. So true. you're still drawing into them. True. So I my my I might be wrong about this. But I'm calling average. Um, the reason why I would say it's strong, like I think the house, the the not caring about houses is the part that makes it strong. Yeah. Because, I mean, a rise is great in the sense of, like, you can get call a house and you get them all immediately, yeah. but it's only one house. Right. Like, you can literally bring every creature back from your discard pile back into your deck and, and just not worry. And then then you can establish a huge board presence. Right. Right? Like, because, like, if you're going to play out your hand, you're going to, you know, I like, like, my exact example of this was, like, literally played my entire hand out. My last card was this card. Yeah. Played it. And then drew all creatures in my next turn and just had like a huge... I mean, I didn't win the game, but... (laughs) 
It was still fun to do. Yeah. It felt good. Like it, and like, it could win you the game. It yeah, that it could. Time, it absolutely like, could. That gives you a massive board. No, I, mean, I, we I understand. Did a lot of discussion about Brobnar and how effective just having Brobnar creatures out in existence is. Right. Like getting a big Brobnar turn because of not finished with yeah. you would be great. I like I said, I'm I'm willing. I wouldn't be surprised if I ended up wrong. And this was a huge powerhouse. But my my initial gut instinct on yeah. this is average. I um, mean, it's because you're it's being compared against the rise, right? Well, and it's just the like you still have to draw those. Yeah, things. it's slow. If you can't dump your hand. If you, uh, I will say that unlike Arise, um, it's more forgiving in the sense that you just need creatures in your deck, a good amount of creatures in your deck. They don't have to be a particular house, but you still have to draw right. them. And if you can't get them into your discard pile, and you can't um, get rid of cards in your hand, mm -hmm. then not finished with you gets worse. And, but the other thing I'll say is uh, decks with lower creature counts, this card's actually really good. Sure, it, it helps Because it that. makes them, it, it gives you more creatures to... Like, the dead right. creatures become more useful. But you need to get them into your discard pile. And that's what has me hung up, is that you have to... It's a card that's terrible early on. It's, it does get you bonus ember, so that's <laughs> not enough for nothing. At least better than a rise. Hey, if you sense. sound the horns. Oh, yeah. no, that, that doesn't work. Never mind. Oh, it would. It would get you non-Brobnar creatures into your discard pile. Yeah. So you could sound the horns to get a bunch of non-Brobnars. Yeah. And Brobnar. then pull them back. Yeah. Um, I'm not wild about it, though. Uh, yeah. But I, I could totally see that they, it, it, it could end up a strong card. I, I feel like it just kept, it, it kept me afloat more yeah. often than it did. Yep. Um, it would be at the upper end of average for yeah. my average yeah. rating. Uh, so we go to Schuler is the next card. It is a five power demon that says if your opponent has four ember or more, steal one. Sorry, play. Yeah. If your opponent has four ember or more, steal one. Um, it's I feel solidly I, average. Yeah, I, it's fine. I always kind of view him as like I'm never happy to see Schuler. I'm always worst case scenario. I have a four, a four power or five. Sorry, five power. So it's above the average. Right. Um, five power creature on the table that I can either reap or fight with. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, him being five power does change things. Right. If it or were four, if it were four or three power, I would be way less interested yeah. in this. But uh, I think that's what takes him from weak. Yeah, to average. I could say it's average. Yeah. Yeah. He's fair. a workhorse. He's going to put in his eight hours. Yep. Punch the clock. Uh, next up is Streck or Streak. Uh, I'm going to call it Streak. I like that better. Yeah, that's I'm going to call it Streak. Uh, so it is a two-power It's got streaking going on in the background. Yeah, that's kind of why, like, also, you know, it definitely doesn't have any clothes on. Yep. Um, this is a two-power imp uh, with elusive, and it says, while Streak is not on a flank, your opponent refills their hand to one less cards during their draw card step. So first off, that should say fewer. Yep. Um, less is qualitative, not quantitative. Uh, secondly... They could just have copied and pasted the word from Succubus after the while it's not on a flank. Yeah. <laughs> um, all that having been said, it is a Succubus, but only while Streak is on a flank. Yeah. And it has I, Elusive. It's still good. It's a conditional like, it, Succubus. Yeah, it's conditional Succubus. It's good. Um, it's not going to be hard to not put it on a flank, Yeah. Um, I think. But I don't know. I feel like it's, it's all of those conditions. So it is Elusive, which is nice. Yeah. But I think those conditions, or that one condition of it not being on a flank leans me from strong to average yeah i mean i didn't necessarily think that succubus was the strongest card no i mean i mean minus one card definitely it's impactful if you it's impactful right yeah but but nine times out of ten like she just becomes lightning rod and yeah. like not i'm not saying that 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 isn't that doesn't imply that that's not, that's a, not for nothing yeah. yeah that's that's it's just like five power like five power and two power and elusive yeah it, it Six one way, half a dozen another for me in that sense. It's, yeah, I mean well, the, the same flank power. part. The flank part is the part that does change things a lot because now your opponent can kind of mess with it, right? 
Yeah. Like, it's like the idea of tight mechanic. Like, you can, like, tight mechanic and transposition sandals, you could always just be like, move the tight mechanic around when it's convenient for you. Yeah. Right? Where this is the opposite, where it's like, well, you know, there's only one other creature behind it or next to it, and you just blow it up. And so, yeah, I was going to say, the, the succubus, you can at least fight directly into succubus right. and knock it out. This one, you can't fight directly into it as much, but you can fight the thing next to it right. and then put it on a flank. Right. So, it's, and, it's yeah, I think it's still solidly average. Yeah, it's um, fine. And you're right, I would probably put, I would put them at, like, average plus, the yeah. topper end of average, same with succubus. They're just different, they're, they're sideways yeah. grade. Um, exactly. They're, they're like, a, it's like a parallel upgrade to me, yeah, I, I they're feel. Parallel. Um, it's a parallel upgrade where it was streak being maybe slightly less good, you know, is kind of worse than, than Succubus. Yeah. yeah. But, but like the same power level, because yeah. I just feel like they were both too easy, like they're both too easily removed. Right. Or, or the, the, the effect of it is too easily removed. Yeah. I think you're right. They, they're both easy to, uh, yeah. to negate. Um, next up is Tezmal, a two power imp with elusive that says reap. Choose a house. Your opponent cannot choose that house as their active house on their next turn. So it is a temporary restringentus. It is. Restringentus. Yes. Um, what do we think? I feel like it is a... In theory, it is a better version of restringentus because... you Since you have control over it... You can change the you house. You can change the house. Yeah. Right? Like Because once... once Restringentus is out. That's it. Right? But you have to call Dis every time you want to control their house. Whereas with Restringentus, it's out. That house is locked down until they deal with Restringentus. Right. I think Restringentus was strong. I think Tesmol is also strong. Uh, yeah, it's just... But it's at the lower end of strong, yeah. I think, just because of all of those conditions. I think it's a fair version of Restringentus, um, but I think that it didn't need to be fair. I thought Restringentus was, while frustrating, um, playable and fine. I think I think that effect in general um, kind of gets worse anyway because of how much incidental damage there is in this set. Yeah. Like I even feel like Restring Gundus in uh, like if you're doing Age of Ascension versus Call of the Archons, like Restring Gundus is even worse now. Yeah. Because there's just it's there's a lot of incidental damage. Yeah. There's yeah. just too many ways to get rid of it. Yep. Um, so next up is Unlocked Gateway, uh, which is an action. Uh, that says Omega, and this is the first Omega card we've run into. It says uh, Omega is after you play this card and this step. So it's the last thing you do before you move on to the end of your turn. Uh, so you cannot play or activate anything afterwards. Um, so order of operations is important with these. Um, so it's Omega, and then it says play, destroy each creature. So it is uh, a throwback to Gateway mm-hmm. to Dis, because um, it's the unlocked Gateway. Uh, mm-hmm. I see what you did there. Um, and... Uh, it's a so there's destroy all creature for Omega. Um, one of my favorite tricks with gateway to disc was to gateway to or so reap with all my creatures, all my disc creatures that I have on the table. Gateway to disc, blow up everything, uh, use a rise and get my creatures back, and then replay all of my disc creatures again. Um, yeah, not possible with unlock. No nope. way. But I mean, there's you no don't rise get chains. anyway. So. Sure, sure, but you don't get chains. So gateway to disc, which we're comparing it to, has the same effect, but it doesn't have Omega and it gives you three chains. Um, how do we think? What do we think? I don't know. I think it's strong. It's a it's an unconditional it's board wipe. Still pretty strong. There's no detriment. The only the only detriment is the timing, which eh, whatever. I I I did not have this card, but an opponent of mine did, and that timing actually bit them. Oh really? Pretty badly. Um, which is fine. Uh, 
I can't remember the exact situation that it, that happened, but uh, it it's still good. I, I actually think the idea of removing the chains and you just saying like, because because that's that's the plan, right? My my only reason why I don't like it, or the one downside is just it resets the board and allows your opponent to establish. Right, themselves whereas, before you. Whereas gateway, you could reestablish yeah. before your opponent. Yeah. Even though the creatures came in exhausted, you could still right? You you still ha- you had you had because they have to play all their creatures exhausted, right? right. Their turn, so to so catch back up to you, and now you had a full turn of being able to use right. your creatures. Now you are effectively giving them a full turn to yeah. use their creatures. Um, I think I think it's a fine. I price. mean, it's still it's still. I think price. it's still strong and everything. Yeah, it's, it's, still it's important to consider. And at least you, with it being Omega, you can still use your creatures beforehand. Right. So you reap with everything, and then you can unlock Gateway. Now another card that we're going to talk about later, but it is reprint, so I don't feel bad about talking about it. Is like if you can Life Ward and unlock oh, yeah. Gateway, that That's changes huge. things drastically. Yeah, and we'll talk about Life Ward when it right. comes up. But but if you can do those two things, that changes things a yeah. lot. Yeah, but I, I mean, so strong, way strong in in a combo sense, but on its own, like I feel, I still think it's strong. It's just it's not as impressive as like Gateway was. I agree. I agree. All right. So next up is Yurk. It is a four power demon that says play, choose and discard a card from your hand. Um, that's fine. That's fine. If you have no cards in your hand, it costs you nothing, uh, and it, I don't even know if it's really a cost per se. The I, w- I would actually say it's on the upper end of average. So this is one of the the, the times where we were talking about, um, you know, you were talking about like cards in my discard pile informs my my play, right? Yep. Um, so this is where I agree that it works better in Keyforge than it does than this would work in Magic necessarily. I mean, I, well, in Magic it actually still works pretty well, but. At least with discarding a card, I'm choosing the card that goes. Mm-hmm. Where it's not like sound the horns, where like it's just randomly throwing cards in there, and I don't really have a choice as to what is happening with them. Where I can craft my hand, right? Yeah. And now, it, so it's like you know, hey, I had uh, you know, we'll, we'll just pick on Grumpus, uh, Grumpus Buggy because yeah. it's fine. Uh, say I have Grumpus Buggy in my hand, and I have Yerk. I'm just and but like so, say like that's the only other card, like off house card I have. Is, is I can play all my disc creatures, play Yurk, discard the the Grumpus uh, Grumpus buggy, and now I get six new cards. Yeah, even though you're not in Broadmoor, right. absolutely, absolutely, and that's what makes Yurk um, so good. Now yeah. I, I don't know, it's if, still I, average. I wouldn't call it strong, but it's yeah. at the upper end of average. Yeah. I could even see an argument for making it strong, but I feel like it's it's not quite there. And there are instances where something with the term Yurk in it. Is better. Yeah. So this is part of the cycle. <laughs> There's two more Yurk cards. Yes. There are other rarities, so we'll we'll yes. hit them when we hit them. Um, I think you, you, I, I could see an argument for Yurk being strong. There will be situations and there will be decks yeah. where it is strong. I think in general, it's going to be uh, the upper end of average because yeah. discarding a card is a form. Being able to choose and discard any card in your hand is a form of house cheating in a yep. way. You discard a dead card, that, so you don't have to call that house. Exactly. And now you're drawing a new card that could potentially be of a house you do want to call. So yep. it's it's good. It's good. It's really good. Um, next up is. Anguish. It's actually supposed to be pronounced anguish, but it's not spelled like the English word anguish. It's spelled like ang-wish. Uh, it is a six-power demon. It says, for each damage on anguish, your opponent's keys cost plus one ember. I want to call this card weak, but I don't think it is. I don't think it's close to being strong, though. No. It is um, the... I would say that it is... 
on the lower end of average because it's again it's your opponent has control right of this they don't need to forge immediately i mean it will it, there's there will be a non-zero number of games where this stalls them yep. um but it won't i don't know it it's tough to say if it's out there i'm just going to i'm going to do my best to just get rid of it right like placing damage on it is not going to be something i'm going to try to do right you and know then you can just Finish it off when right. when you need to. So I think it's it's average. It's, it's, it's average to low average. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't call it weak though because it is it is a an impactful effect. It is an impactful effect, and and especially like say if I have a Disprobnar deck, uh, I have the ability to or, or you know or you know reprints from previous sets for Dis. Like I have ways of putting damage on it. Yeah. But not as many as I would like. Yep. Yeah. Um, so that's fine. And I can't rely on my opponent to do it. Right, right. Yeah. Your, your opponent will seldom be cooperative with right. you. <laughs> so we'll move on to Blood Shard Imp. It's a two-power imp uh, that says, After a creature reaps, its controller must sacrifice it. Um, I don't know. I want this to be strong, but it's a symmetrical effect, so it's going to hurt you too. Right. Um, but it just wipes out your opponent's stuff. And on but, top of that... But they can kill it. Like, it's only two power. That, so it's, and, and Dis doesn't... But Dis doesn't necessarily care. Yeah, it's... About losing creatures. Well, and Dis has a lot of obnoxious creatures. Like, we saw uh, Amber Imp. Yep. Earlier. Um, which is going to stun anything that you reap with. So you could just reap with your Amber Imp. Uh, sure, it gets stunned. But then it gets sacrificed. And now you don't have to worry about that effect. Then you could reap with your Blood Shard Imp and get it out of your way. And then reap with the rest of your creatures. So I think... I think the fact that your opponent has to lose a creature every time they reap is huge. They have to deal. Yeah, with Yeah, they have to take care of it. Like so, it's a it's a thing that they have to waste resources on. Like, uh, what I will say is I actually think Amber Imp is better than this. Um, the reason why I say Amber Imp is better than this is because well, it had elusive first off. Yeah, and then on top of that, you know, you're going to. Stunning isn't. I don't know. It, it's it doesn't hurt you. So the symmetric the, the symmetrical aspect of amber imp doesn't hurt you as much as the symmetrical aspect of right. blood shard imp. Right. Um, because off house your off house turns right are going to be affected by this, and like you might have a, a house that really likes you know, like imagine if you had logos and and blood shard imp out like that's going to hurt you a lot. Yeah. You have you know, to deal with your own yeah. blood shard. Yeah, I, I think I think I still put it at strong because yeah. you have control over when it dies yep. for the most part. I mean, your opponent to an extent does too, but you can you can plan around this thing. Existing. I mean, it could be the first it itself could be the first creature you reap with, and it yeah. sacrifices itself. Yep, exactly, exactly. So like you know, I I can see situations where you. Uh, like your opponent has their thing, their their turn all planned out. They're gonna have this monster untamed turn where they get like twenty ember and double key charge and all sorts of crazy stuff. But then you drop blood shard in, yeah. and now they're not gonna be able to do their full moon nature's call bouncing shenanigans. They have to call shadows instead to yeah. kill the blood shard in. So like, it's it's a strong cause it yeah. dictate it, it has the potential to dictate your opponent's turn. And yeah. any time you can control your opponent is good. Yeah. Um. So I'd call it strong. It's pretty strong. Yeah. Uh, so next up is Bronze Key Imp. Um, it's part of a cycle. Uh, it is a two-power imp. It says elusive. Players cannot forge their first key. So it's not retroactive. Mm -hmm. uh, you can't play it after they've forged their first key and uh, have them unflip it. 
Right. Uh, it seems silly to clarify, but you never know. <laughs> uh, so if uh, you have to get this out before they get their first key, um, which is a little awkward timing-wise. So these are also a set, um, and I think this is the worst one. Yeah, I think this one is actually just straight up weak this because weak. you have to have it before they get their first key. Right. Which and you oh you have to be ahead because yeah. it affects you as well. Right, that's a good point. That's a good point. You so still get you your, have to be ahead of them. You still get your ember. Your right. opponent still has their ember. Um, it is elusive, so it's not going to die immediately. But it's that that restriction of needing to have it before they get their first key. Yeah. And and you know, heaven forbid, they get their first key, and then you draw this, and you don't have your first key yet. Right. Like yeah. Then you're, you're you're stuck. Yeah. Um. So I I think it's weak. It's weak. Yeah. I think it's weak. Uh. The next card in that same cycle is gold key imp. Which oh. is weird that it's done this way. Yeah. Uh, it's also... Well, I think these are the two safest ones to put at... Um, oh, these are actually uncommons yeah, now. I apologize. Yeah, they're uncommons, but they're also uh, special prints. Right, right, right. Uh, Anguish was actually the first uncommon. So Anguish, Bloodshard Imp, and now these two key imps are all uncommons. I forgot to... Uh, it's also because it's sorted alphabetically. Uh, somewhat. It's by collector number, I think. No. It, well, it if you look... Uh, bronze, like Bloodshard Imp was the last one. Oh yeah, it is collector number. Never yeah. mind. Yeah, it's both. They they yeah. print them. They print them alphabetically by collector's number. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so Gold Key Imp is um, two power imp, elusive. Players cannot forge their third key. So this is the so best one. The yeah, this yeah. is the best one out of them because you have control of when the game ends now. Yep. Uh, and they have to deal with this yep. to win. Yep. Like this literally says your opponent cannot win the game. Yep. Uh, well, this one is, I mean, it's not strong. I wouldn't call it strong because there are still too many, like, ifs about how it gets played and how you get rid of it. Because you have to get rid of it before, before your you turn yeah. to be able to win. But you have control. I think it's just straight up strong because you, you dictate the game now. You, you Your opponent cannot win until you say, I'm going to allow you to win or until yeah. they do something to get rid of this creature. Like this, this, so here's where I see the pro the big problems coming up. And, like... Unfortunately, it's this situation happens way too much for me to be like, yeah, this is, you know, this is how this like this is why it's strong. Is there are too many situations where you played this card, and your opponent has, let's say, you play this card, your opponent has four amber. Like, I, I feel like that's a reasonable number yeah. for for key three, okay? Uh, or, or just like at the state of the game, like four having four amber uh, at the start of your turn is pretty easy, right? Now they go up to six. Okay, now they're sitting on six. Mm -hmm. You don't have the ability to get them off that key, but they don't get to forge, right? Mm -hmm. Now they're at seven. Or well, let's say let's just say average they're getting three amber a turn. Okay. Now they're at you know they went from six. Now they're at nine. Yep. You know, okay, I was able to steal away three, but now they're back to six. Like you're you've locked up the game a bit, but who says between that turn where they went from six to, to nine they didn't kill it sure and and i will say that you're only going to be able to kill it on your turn which means they immediately get the chance to forge after it's right. dead uh, assuming they want it on the table right like if you need it to die it has to die during your turn right um however the same situation you're describing they have to deal with with you true because if they kill your gold key imp then they need to make sure you do not have six because you immediately get Assuming you're tied on keys, then you immediately forge a key if you have enough ember. So right. it's it's a very tricky decision. I I still call it strong. I, I think it's it's. I think it's because like the the thing is is if you kill it, like if you kill it, you give them a you you're giving them a turn to win. 
Sure. Right? If they kill it, like, they have to kill it to get themselves to win. Like, there's a much better chance of them winning after killing it than there is you. It's a high-skill, high-reward yes. card. You yeah. need to have the, the skill to be able to play it correctly. Right. And if you don't have the requisite skill, it's going to burn you. Right. Um, but I, I think that still makes it a strong card. Because the effect, I, ultimately, right. if you're a good player, this is a really strong effect. Yeah. Um, if you're not confident in your play skill, be very careful using this card. Yeah. Um, but that having said, I still think it's right. Do you, so are you going average on it? No, I can stick with, stay with you don't have strong. To. That's, that's... <laughs> All right. So we'll move on to Gongoozle. Uh, a um, action. Uh, we're still in the uncommons here. It's an action that gives you a bonus ember and says, deal three to a creature. If it is not destroyed, its owner discards a random card from their hand. So uh, if you, so, you can either use the three to blow something up, and that's cool. You get a bonus ember and you kill a creature. Um, or you can get a bonus ember, put three damage on a creature, and they randomly discard a card. Um, I think it's strong. It's pretty it's, good. You're getting, uh, you're getting a two for one. Three damage is not enough for me to be like it's strong. Sorry, you're not getting a two for one. You're getting a one for one, but like you get the bonus ember. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's strong. The reason why I wouldn't say it's strong is it's it has to be very targeted, right? Like you have to target something that's going to be three or lower sure. for you to get the discard. Get the or discard. something with the, which this is not for nothing. There's a lot of it. Like again, we've said this you know several times at this point. A lot of incidental damage in the set. Yep. So Gunguzel can certainly take down a five power creature. Yep. You know, actually, well, upwards of a six power creature, right? Like, yeah. I, I think I'm on board with you. It's I think I feel like it's average. It's like a it's like a, a little bit better than a punch, but yeah. it's not so much better than a punch that it goes up a category. Right. Because we would say punch, um, which was just a, a gets you a bonus ember and does three damage from Brobnar. Yeah. Um, we we would call that a, like a solid average. Seven, solid I, I, I feel like that's the same thing. Yeah. Because you either you either kill a creature or you put some damage and discard a card. Right. Both of those are still one for ones. Um. I mean, obviously, you'd rather have them discard a card and get some damage on something, but yep. like, it's still that's still not a game breaking, you know, like powerhouse. Yeah. So I, I call average on that too. Yep. Uh, moving on to reprint here. High, uh, wow, hysteria. Hysteria uh, is an action that says return each creature to its owner's hand. It's symmetrical, so it's also your creature. So you yep. can do some shenanigans with that. Um, uh, I think it's I think it's strong. Yeah. It's, I it's mean, a, it hurts. It's not a board wipe, but yeah. it's. It's good. Like you can really mess with your opponent's turn. If you um, combine this with binding irons, you can really hurt somebody. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. Because then they're just not. Yeah. It's it's hard. It's that, that's might as well. You might as well be saying you gain four chains. Right. For that. Yeah. At least. Yeah. Because if they if they have a lot of creatures on their board, then you're just stuffing their hand full of uh, stuff that they have to put back out. Yeah. It really it really slows your opponent down if you yeah. can hit them uh, hit them with this. Um, so yeah, I think we're both agreed on strong there. Yeah, it's pretty so, strong. Library of the Damned is an artifact location uh, that says action, archive a card. Strong. Strong. Yeah. Archiving. And it only gets better when you have more of them. Yeah. Archiving is awesome. Uh, being able to archive with no conditions other than calling discs yeah. uh, is fantastic. Yes. And, and being able to craft your, craft your archives pretty much means it just says increase your hand size by one. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, next up is Life Ward. It is an artifact power, gives you a bonus ember, and says Omni, sacrifice life ward. Your opponent cannot play creatures on their next turn. Um, this is what we talked about with that uh, 
open gateway? Yeah, oh, uh, unlock gateway. Unlock gateway, thank yeah. you. Um, where you you already have this in play. You play the turn before or several turns before at some point, so it's ready on the turn that you do the gateway. Um, or Coward's End or really any board wipe. This is fantastic in combination with board wipes because you wipe the board, um, whether or not you get a chance to recover, it stops them from recovering on the next turn. Uh, if you're playing something like Unlock Gateway, then it gives you the first chance to build your board back up. Uh, if you're playing something like Coward's End, it means that you're building your board back up after you Coward's End, and then they can't do anything on their turn, and now you get a turn to continue building your board up. Right Forward is, is fantastic. Really good. Um, now, the worst case scenario for Life Forward is you don't know if they have any creatures in their hand, um, or if using it will mess with their plans, um, but I think that's not terrible. No. You still get a bonus ember. You yeah. can you can hold you can sit on this until you need to use it. It's Omni, so you don't have to call this again. So I think it's just straight up strong. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's really strong. Yeah, I mean it just shuts them down. <laughs> uh, next up is Old Yerk, the second card in the Yerk cycle. It's a five power demon that says play, choose and discard two cards from your hand. So we said that Yerk was average, mm-hmm. um, you know, arguably upper end of average. How do we feel about Old Yerk? So I think in in the set, Old Yerk ends up being probably the most efficient one of them. Yeah, I think you're uh, more likely. I think I think I see where you're going here. You're more likely to have two cards you don't want, or or, or you're just willing to tra- or you're trash. willing to trash. Um, whereas one card is still good, but it's not amazing. Yeah. Uh, and the um, you know spoiler here, the uh, the last one is a three card yeah. discard thing, and that's a little more pricey, yeah. so to speak, uh, because you may two isn't that hard to come by, but that third one may be something relevant. Well, there is one benefit. So I mean, we might as well just talk about ancient Yerk while we're here. Okay. Um, just note the other note is their power increases by one. Per, Correct. So it's four, four five, six. So yeah. Ancient Yurk is the last one, and that yeah. one says choose and discard three cards from your hand. Right. That one's a rare, so you won't right. see it as often. Um, so I think two cards is, is kind of the, the perfect middle there. So three you cards can is... land two cards with Ancient Yurk. The problem is, is your hand, your starting hand for that turn has to be four discards. Yeah. Because then your fourth play would be Ancient Yurk. Right. You have the two in your hand, play as much as you can, trash the two. Right, that's fair. Right, and then you restock, and then you restock. But with old Yerk, like old Yerk, you don't need to worry about like trying to make that condition happen. Like you can have a three and three hand, trash two with the three, especially if the, they're all off off house. Right, like so old Yerk. Would we say it's strong? Then? I'd say old yeah. Yerk is strong. I, I agree. This is good handcrafting. Since we already talked about it, ancient Yerk. Do we think that's average or strong? I would say it's still strong. It's just. Maybe strong minus. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's just like it is a good. It's it has a lot of potential though. Right. I would say it's not it's not that far off. Like we're talking that old York is is arguably better, but I think it it's it's really close. Like three right. cards is, I mean, just thinking back, there's been a lot of games where I've had three cards I could easily get rid of. Yeah. There's some games where that is not something I want to do. Yeah. But it's like hey, that third card is like the one that you're like you want to hold on to. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like that third one. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so it's it's fine. Yeah, I think they're both strong cards. So they're um, you know. Yeah. Next up is pain reaction. It is an action. Uh, gives you a bonus number and says deal two to an enemy creature. If this damage destroys that creature, deal two to each of that creature's neighbors. So it's potentially up to six damage spread out across three creatures. Um, but you have to kill the first creature with it. I think it's right. it's average. Yeah, it's pretty still, average. It does it does what it needs to do. Yeah, it's fine. And it gives you a bonus ember, which is always nice. Yep. Uh, next up is Pandemonium. It's an action. It gives you a bonus ember and says, 
Each undamaged creature captures one ember from its opponent. Now, in Call the Archons, because this is a reprint, in Call the Archons, this was probably an average card. Most of the time, what would happen is I would... Um, I would lose as much ember to my opponents as they lost to me. Yeah. It, was, it was usually pretty symmetrical. And then I would have the ability to fight into them and get that ember back by killing their stuff. Right. But generally speaking, the initial capture from Pandemonium was equitable. In this set, there is a lot more ways to do uh, incidental little onesie twosie damages. We've seen a whole bunch of Brobnar um, pain reaction does two damage. When you don't get the splash if you don't kill it, but that's still like you. You right there, you have two damage on you. Yeah. I think Pandemonium is stronger in this set. Is that enough to boost it from average I don't to strong? Think so. No, I think it's at the top end of average. Yeah. Um, it's way easier to pull it off, but it's not going to. I mean, the, it will win you games. Yep. Um, Absolutely. But I think the, the vast majority of the time, it'll just be fine. Especially, like, yeah. if, if you want to think about it, like the particular combo that you could do, you could say you have, you know, they have four creatures, you have three, or you have two. Yeah. You know, whatever. Uh, you could pandemonium, then, uh, then use uh, omega uh, the unlocked gateway. Mm -hmm. You essentially fertility chanted them because you gain four, they gain two. Okay. Right. Yeah. I mean that's that's essentially what you did is you just made a very very overt <laughs> over the top yeah. fertility chant. Well, you you still end up on the 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 further end of the race. What's well, captured you did. though? Is it cap? No, no, I know. So you play the pandemonium. They capture all. Like they only capture two. Oh, oh, I see two. what you're saying. They capture four. I see. Then you unlocked gateway. You gain four from their their destroyed creatures, and they only gain two. Okay. Right. Yes. You can't capture more than they have. Well, I'm, I'm just saying that in the situation of where like the like the capture happens. Yeah. Right. So they're gonna. Put, oh, and it's the other way around. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's yeah. the other way around. You have to have the four, and they have to have the two. And then, so you capture four of their, theirs, they capture two of yours, and then you unlock gateway, and then... But you're still not changing the amount of ember on the table. You're exchanging totals. Well, no, because they capture yours, and you capture theirs. Right, but they only capture two of yours. Yeah, but you still... I mean, yeah, I guess it is not... Yeah, you're, you're still... You're still not... You can't... There's you're no, netting two. You're not netting four. Right, yeah, it's right. the law of conservation yeah. of ember. Yeah. Yep. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's fine. My brain was working in a weird way. That makes sense. Um, but you're still, I, you're still gaining two. Yeah. I guess it's a fuzzy groove, man. Yeah. I will say that it's... Um, it's a great way of stalling them when you need them to be stalled. Because yep. it's, it's, it's a fair, like, you just capture a crap ton of ember. But uh, I don't think it's any better. Actually, no. you still get one out of the two. So yeah, you're, I mean, still, still, you're still netting. It's still average. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think it's average at yeah, best. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, next up is Poltergeist. It's a reprint. It's an action. Gives you a bonus ember and says, use an artifact controlled by any player as if it were yours. Destroy that artifact. This card's so strong. It's you so don't good. need to talk anymore yeah. about it. It's There's artifacts so are one of the most powerful things in Keyforge because they're very hard to interact with. Um, it's very hard to remove them. Yep. So the ability alone to just remove an artifact is strong. Yeah. The ability to get a benefit out of that artifact and then still get rid of it is really strong. Poltergeist is a fantastic card. Yeah. Um, no questions asked. Next up is the last card in the Key Imp cycle, Silver Key Imp. Uh, it's a two-power imp that says elusive. Players cannot forge their second key. How do you feel about this one? Second key. 
I, uh, will, I will say these stop key charges. Key cheats. They do. They do stop key cheats, which is actually really nice. Um, I would actually probably say I, I think these actually scale. Like I think you know bronze key is is weak. Uh, I think silver key might be pretty average. Like I mean, it is a it's a good roadblock. So here's right? my thing. The uh, the first imp, um, it's kind of win more because if they if you have yeah your if first, they're so far behind yeah. if you have your first key and they don't and you play it um, you're already ahead yeah and there's still a lot of game to go they're gonna kill that imp and they're gonna get their first key it's not yeah. like there's so much time left in the game that unless you're like a brutal racing deck that that imp isn't gonna be a huge deal the third imp third key the gold key imp um, that both if your opponent is about to win and you play that then cool you can stall them maybe you yeah. can catch up and that's fine um, it's strong and you can kind of control when it dies and everything but that's still going to hurt you and stop you from winning the game and it's really tricky and it's a really finesse creature to use correctly yeah this creature will more commonly get you value without hurting you than either of the other two yeah I, I agree with that it's, it's a lot easier to get your second key um, and there's a lot less time left in the game after the second key so if your opponent hits their if, if your opponent has their first key and then you slap this down now the game is grinding yeah. to a halt for them and you can catch up and then it's still easy to get rid of this and then still plow ahead and it's, get your third key first if you, if you think about if you think about this one like this is a miasma pretty much yeah like if they're about to forge and you play that like they don't forge yeah it's like, um it's actually potentially a miasma if you can play, like position it if you can position it correctly yeah. you can get multiple turns out of it and it's it's really easy to get your second key I think yep. the second key is probably the easiest key to get in the game yeah um and the so this this is really an interesting shot off valve because yeah. you can get your first key get your second key slap this down before reasonably slap this down before your opponent gets their second key and shut them yep. down for a while while you still get to your third key I think this is the best out of all of them agreed um, so strong as well yep all right yeah Absolutely. definitely strong. Um, we're moving on to Scullion, uh, a seven power, two armor demon that says play, sacrifice a friendly creature. So it's a seven power, two armor beat stick uh, with the cost of having to, to get rid of your friendly creature. Now, I would be like, uh, I mean, do I care about getting a seven power, two armor dude if it costs me a creature? But look at these disc creatures. We've got, we just talked about the three key imps. We talked about Amber Imp. Uh, there was the other one that made you sacrifice when you reaped things. So there are a lot of reasons to want to sacrifice your own things. I think Scullion, um, I think it's still average. Maybe with an asterisk, because there are a lot of things that you want to get rid of. Um, and if you have them in your deck, then it makes Scullion a strong card. If you don't have an Amber Imp, if you don't have any of the key imps if you don't have anything like a dust imp if you don't have things you want to sacrifice uh, true. let's say you just have shulers and charrettes I mean that's true it's not bad at that point because you true. still like you reap with your shuler play this guy you've got a big beat stick on the table but it's not like it has taunt I, true I, I, I think I think the thing with with scullion is I mean and, and to be fair I do think it's average um, with a lot of potential, but it like think about any times that you've seen like like Gromit on the other side of the table mm -hmm. or um, uh, what's the Chuff Ape or something like that. Yeah, where like you suddenly look at this seven power two armor creature like that creature. This thing can control the board on its own. 
Right. And, and, and with very little cost to it. And I'm not saying that, they, yeah, it's, it's like, definitely average. But if you, now you start adding in key imps, you start adding in dust imps, you start adding in amber. Oh, yeah, then it's, then it's, it's strong. Be, straight up strong. Straight so that's strong. why I'm saying average, right. but with the asterisk. Yeah, because that's fair. getting at least one of those things in your deck is not a big ask. Yeah. Um, and even, even without any of those things in your deck, just sacrificing creature isn't a big deal. So right. I think that. Um, I think that it's very likely that this will be a strong card, but just keep your eyes open on yeah. your on your creatures and yeah. even in your other houses because it doesn't have to be a disc creature; it just has to be a friendly creature. So it could be any of the uh, it could be a Marge creature, a Brobnar creature. It could be anything. I just think when you start including the other two like the other two houses in the set, this thing becomes scarier. Right, and it's very likely that you won't care about the cost, and it's good. Right, but if it had taunt, this thing would be unbelievably oh, good. Right. Well, um, I mean, they removed that card. That card existed, but um, it's gone. I think it's... It also kind of, That card kind of sucked. Yeah. I think it's average. Yeah. But it's no. a very high average, yeah. and it, ha it can go even higher if you have the right things in your deck, yeah. which is, like I said, it's not unlikely that you'll have those things. Yeah. Um, Agreed. So it's good. Uh, Soul Keeper. It's an upgrade. gives you a bonus ember, and it says, this creature gains destroyed. Destroy the most powerful enemy creature. Uh, it's fine. Yeah. It's, it's removal. Fine. Um, it's good. A good if you want to play it on something, you're going to crack into something anyway. Yeah, yeah. Like if you have Kiem. Yeah. So if you don't, Kiem takes it with it, right? Uh, or takes something big with it. Yeah. Dustin, or dust get them. two Ember. Take out their biggest thing. Get three Ember. Three Ember. Yeah. This is the bonus Ember itself. Yep. Um, uh, yeah. I think it's, I think it's on the well, probably on the upper end of average. Yeah. Um, I can even see a case for it being strong because yeah. it is. I guess it's conditional removal. Right. Um, but like generally. You want to remove their powerful things. Yeah, you get rid of a problem. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's fine. Next up is Spider. It's a spider with three Ys instead of an I. Uh, it is a two-power demon that says Skirmish, uh, which, just as a reminder, means that when you use this creature to fight, it, it is dealt no damage in return. So it right. only deals its damage. They do not deal damage, damage back. back. Uh, only on offense. Yep. Uh, and then it also says... Spider gains poison while attacking an enemy flank creature. Just as a reminder, poison means that it doesn't matter how much power, health, the opposing creature has. Uh, if it takes damage from spider, in this case, a creature with poison, uh, it just dies. Yeah, I think this card... It, it has to get through the armor, though. Right. So if you if you attack spider into a two-armor creature, it doesn't kill it. Doesn't if kill you it. attack spider into Lolith with 11 power, it's dead. Yeah, dead. It doesn't matter how much damage it did or didn't have. Yep. So uh, I think this is perfect. It's fine. Yeah. It's, a, it's an average card. I mean, it certainly like starts like chumping away at their the, the corners of the table. Um, yeah. It's a worse Mesa's Asp. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, or more fair. I feel like there's a lot of cards in this set that are just fair versions yeah. of cards from Call of Yeah, Mesa's Asp, you just cracking anything. Yeah. Um, this is great. Yeah. so great. And it had one extra power, too, yeah. so it was even harder to remove. True. Uh, not so, that much. But. Yeah, we'll move into a reprint here. Tentacus is a five-power demon that says your opponent must pay you one ember in order to use an artifact. If they uh, cannot pay the ember, if you have zero ember, they cannot use the artifact. So it's right. not a do as much as you can and right. you don't have the ember so you get to use your artifact for free. You don't get to use it. You don't get to um, use it. So I think this is a... I think that this is a really conditional card. So you've got three situations, basically. Your opponent has no artifacts. Your opponent has a couple artifacts, but maybe they don't care about them. Or artifacts that just are passive. Um, and then your opponent has a bunch of powerful artifacts or a lot of artifacts that need you to use them. And I think that it's kind of hard to grade this card generally um, because it's going to be 
strictly related to not only how many artifacts they have in their deck, but how many they get on the table when you have this. So I think this one really just has to be a straight-up asterisk. I, well, no, I don't think that's the case. Um, Tentacus is, in Call of the Archons, I would call this card strong. Yeah. Um, just because of the sheer power level of artifacts in Call of the Archons and the very few ways of removing them. Like, suddenly that gateway to, or that key to disc is not as you know, lucrative when you have to pay an amber to use it, you know, like, like, or that Nepenthe seed, like how, how much, like, is that Nepenthe seed worth cracking yeah. for you? You know, like things like that, like those, those really powerful effects that those artifacts brought, um, Tentacus brings, like, makes you have to think about it. But in this set, I would say he's still, he's pretty average. Yeah. Um, given that there are now cards that do his effect way better. Well, I think, yeah, I think you're right. He's average, again, with an asterisk. Right. So he could be weak. Looking at this from the lens of sealed, because uh, mm -hmm. an Archon, he's probably just straight up strong in Archon, yeah, because most decks have artifacts, because yeah. they're just so hard to answer. Um, I mean, we'll see what the, the meta for Age of Ascension brings with it. Right. But for the most part, Call of the Archons, he was a straight up strong card in Archon. Yep. In sealed, it's kind of a crapshoot. You don't know what your opponent's going to bring for artifacts, so he might be just straight up weak, or or maybe not weak, but he's a five power. So maybe that's what bumps him just above weak, barely above weak. Is yeah. that at the bare minimum he's a five power creature with no text? Yep. Um, and that's your worst case scenario for him, which is not great, but you know whatever. Uh, and then he's only upside from there. So I think that in general he's going to be average. He might get you a couple ember before he dies. Yep. There's games where he might completely shut down a good portion of your opponent's deck. Yeah. And just completely uh, change the, the landscape right. uh, and win you the game. But yep. um, I think that in general, uh, he's just going to be average. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, average asterisk there. Uh, next up is Three Fates. It is in action. Gives you a bonus ember, and it says, destroy the three most powerful creatures. Um, it's a symmetrical effect. So if you are the only person with creatures, guess who loses their creatures? Yep. Um, hope it was worth the ember. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sometimes it is. Uh, and in the case of a tie, let's say there are four creatures that all have the same exact power. You, as the active player, get to choose which of those three are destroyed. Right. So I think this is um, probably the best targeted removal in the game. Yeah. Um, it, granted, it requires you to play it, like, have good timing with it. Um, but it's it's pretty strong. Uh, just just given the fact that it does it just cares about power. Yeah. I mean, the problem that it, that you do run into is um, the smaller, more the the smaller creatures with lots of text generally don't go away, uh, which is kind of tough, and that's generally what you're looking for. But if you're looking to stop them from like swinging in their huge stuff, this card is great. Yeah, especially a lot of sanctum stuff, like with armor that you're gonna have a hard time getting through, like dropping three fates to destroy a bunch of dudes with armor. Is, is always good. Oh, definitely. I mean, it's if you're. I mean, if you're ahead, it's a little tricky because you probably have the strongest things. Um, I mean, that might not necessarily be true. Right, it might not. But uh, if you're behind, it's awesome. Yeah. If you're uh, on par with your opponent, it's probably going to get you more value. Yep. Um, and yeah, I, I think it's probably more often going to be a, a strong card. Yeah. Than I mean, if not. you if you can also look at it from the lens of like if you have to trade one creature for two of theirs. Yep. I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah, and you can always use this, then play your strong yeah. creatures. It depends on exactly what's going on with it. Yep. So yeah, I think it's I think it's a strong card. Um, so we will move on to a fair game. <laughs> 
I don't think I've ever had this card work in my favor. This I have. Is... Oh, have you? Yes, it was awesome. Um, but uh, this card is not good. No. Uh, so it's it's a. This is the start of our rares. Um, so these are all of the disc rares we're moving into yep. here. Uh, a fair game is an action. It says, discard the top card of your opponent's deck and then reveal their hand. Gain one ember for each card of the discarded card's house revealed this way. Then your opponent repeats that effect on you. So to break that down, you take the top card of your opponent's deck. Let's say it's Logos. Yep. Uh, then you reveal their hand. For every Logos card, because that's what you revealed off their deck, uh, for every Logos card in their hand, you gain an ember. So if they have three Logos cards, you get three ember. If they have zero Logos cards, you get zero ember. Um, then your opponent does the same thing to you. And keep in mind, whatever card you reveal off the top of the deck, that's also discarded. Yep. So that Logos card, discard pile. Um, whatever they reveal off you, discard it. So the best way to play this is when you have no cards in your hand, um, or if you somehow know the top card of your deck, yep. uh, or if you have six cards of the same house, then you're gambling. <laughs> so, um, but I think well. So first off, I think it's weak. Yeah, it's, 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 it's weak. way too hard to, and, and it costs you. If it was just uh, your opponent. I'd say it was average to strong, yeah. but the fact that your opponent then gets to do it back at you, it's really hard to kind of control when it's going to be good, um, and that's just rough. I do think this house is best suited to doing it, though. Like, if you, you hysteria, right? Sure. You can, and say maybe you don't have, like, the best board state, you hysteria, now you're forcing all of their creatures back to their hand. So now you know they have a slew of creatures in their hands. Right, and you have a pretty good idea of what they were. Yeah, and then like who, like you know, you have a good shot of at least getting some return, like good return on the the play. Right, like it, it it's a weak card that, given the the like again, it'll it'll it can perform. It's just on Very average, tricky. is it going yeah. to no probably no? Not. And you need a, so another. Thing I mean, too. my first opponent at the Vault Tour lost because of this card. Yeah. Uh, the Yurks are an interesting addition. Yeah. So you can play Ancient Yurk, um, discard everything but a fair game, and then play a fair game, yep. and now you have no cards in your hand. And that so might bump it up. It's a little... No, I don't think it bumps it up because that's way too conditional. Uh, it does... There are more options in this set to use it effectively than there were yeah, in the last in the set. Last that's yeah. the big thing. Um, I still don't think that brings it above weak, but yeah. keep an eye out on what else you have in your deck because mm -hmm. if you get stuck with this card, it's important for you to know how to use it correctly because otherwise it's just a straight discard almost every time. Yeah. Um, almost every time. So just be aware of how to play with it correctly. Uh, so next up is uh, Ancient Yurk. We talked about him. Yep. And then after Ancient Yurk comes Collar of Subordination is a reprint. It's an upgrade that says you control this creature. Um... Yeah, that's good. Yep. <laughs> Just straight up. Just straight up from. Another thing to keep in mind is that uh, if uh, the creature you control is not one of the houses in your deck, um, you now can call that house yep. and use that creature. You cannot use it as part of, like, it doesn't make, even though it's a dis upgrade that is giving you control of the creature, it does yeah, not it change not the house of the house. creature. Right. So you effectively have a fourth house right. if, if that wasn't one of the houses you had. Um, but it's still strong. It, yeah. At the very least, it takes away one of their creatures. Um, and hopefully it's one of the creatures in one of your houses uh, and you can just then use it straight up. Keep in mind Scullion. The what? Scullion. Oh, Scullion, yeah, because then you can just sacrifice. Yeah, the, yeah that's fair. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, there's, there's a lot of good ways to use it. Uh, next up is Creeping Oblivion. 
It's an action, gives you a bonus ember, and says purge up to two cards from a discard pile. This is, to my knowledge, the only way to purge an action out of someone's discard Correct. pile. This is a reprint. It is a reprint. Yes. Um, and it is a great card. You, it is, yeah. Purging, you just, uh, just as a reminder, purging means it's removed from the game entirely. You don't get it back. There's no possible way to recover it. Um, so you never have to worry about dealing with it again. Nope. Um, so if your opponent has a really, really obnoxious card and it goes to the discard, you can use this to just get rid of it. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. But by um, Nepenthe. Yeah, exactly. Or or library access yeah. or well, key charge. Library I mean, access isn't in the set, but... Sure. But yeah, that's right. Everybody call the Archons. They do a mix and match sealed. Yeah, um, no, it's so I, I would say this is a, a strong card. Yeah, it's very strong. There's no downside to it. It gets you an ember, and you're gonna unless they have literally no cards in their discard pile. Yep. Um, then you know, then it's it's okay. Yep. Uh, next up is Eater of the Dead, a four power demon that says fight reap, purge a creature from a discard pile. If you do, put a plus one power counter on Eater of the Dead. Um, I think that that's pretty solid. That's strong. Well, you get if, rid of a creature permanently. If this said purge a creature from your discard pile, this would be an average card. I didn't even realize the fact that this could be from any discard any pile. Any discard pile. That actually, so that's, I should say, we should revisit Creeping Oblivion, also a discard pile. Yes. So if somehow you had a card you hated and you just wanted to thin your deck? You were decided that you were playing Ascension? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not a good idea. But Eater of the Dead, that's interesting. Because even if your opponent doesn't have a, uh, a target for you to hit, um, you can hit your own discard pile if you yep. want to. So yeah. I think it's a strong card, it's a pretty though. pretty strong card. Yeah. The fact that you can get rid of their problem cards and they can't get them back is huge. Yeah. Um, especially if your opponent has, uh, like we talked about, Exhum. They can grab a creature out of their um, their discard pile and put it right into play. Uh, Eater of the Dead can help stop that. Yep. Creeping Oblivion, for the record, can also help stop that. Correct. Um, next up is Hecatomb. It is a, an action. Uh, gives you a bonus ember and says, destroy each dis creature. Each player gains one ember for each creature they controlled that was destroyed this way. So that's symmetrical, yep. uh, obviously, from the rest of that text. Um, and it's it was amazing in... Um, Call the Archons, because this is a reprint. It was amazing to call the Archons because of Arise. You yep. blow up all of the disc creatures that both players had and then Arise to get them all back. Um, it's pretty fantastic. Yep. Um, if your opponent has no disc creatures, it kind of reads like sacrifice all of your disc creatures, gain yeah. that much ember, uh, plus the bonus ember. Yeah, I still I still put this in... in oh, I put this now in the weak territory just because Arise isn't a thing yeah. anymore. You do have um, the reshuffling thing. You do have Exhum, so you can get stuff back. But it's one card. Yeah. And the not finished with you puts them back in your deck, so it doesn't really help you. Right. Um, yeah, I... So I think weak? I was, I was leaning towards average, but I could, I could see an argument for weak. You the, blow up all the disc creatures. The problem is, is you don't have a way of, of, of fixing it, right? Like, you don't have a way of... Making it so you are the only benefactor, right? Yeah. As, as well, right? Like, you can't gateway, arise all your creatures back, and then hecatomb them. Right. You can't do that yeah. anymore. Like, it's... I think that it, you... I think when you change the perspective, before it was like a combo piece, now yeah. it's a value piece. If you have dis and they do not... Then oh, it's just I mean, straight up ember. That, that's fair. So I kind of feel like it's we, we've been doing this a lot for discs. Maybe that's just part of how the house works. But I feel like it's got an asterisk on it. It's average with an asterisk, or maybe weak with an asterisk. Because, well, 
the odds of your opponent... So you've got a couple conditions there that you have to get around. Your opponent can't have dis creatures in play. I don't think that's a lot to ask. But no. you also need disc creatures, and you have to be okay with losing them. I mean, in sealed, it definitely actually in sealed, the power level goes up. Actually, yeah, I'd say it's average. Yeah, but with an asterisk, because yeah. if they do have disc creatures and everything, you got to be careful. Yeah. Like your opponent has disc, you need to play this very carefully. And now you're thinking about, but then when you start thinking about like metas and things like that, yeah, you know, if disc becomes high meta, which it was high meta in sure in Call of the Archons, like. It's, it's and I don't see it changing much based on the cards that we've looked at already. So you know what's interesting? You have Hecatomb, and then you also have um, Unlocked Gateway in your hand. Yeah. You can Hecatomb to sacrifice your disc creatures for value, and, and then Unlocked Gateway yeah, to blow the yeah. rest of everything up. Yeah, it's kind of backwards now. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, so I think it's I think it's a um, it's a card you need to pay attention to what your opponent is running for houses, yeah. and you need to evaluate your own deck and figure out can your deck afford to lose these creatures right. or do you need your disc creatures in play? But I think Hecatomb could be strong in the right deck, yep. but it could be weak in the uh, in the wrong matchups. Right, um, it's just something you really have to pay attention to. Uh, next up is another reprint, Key to Dis. It is an artifact item that says Omni. Sacrifice key to disc, destroy each creature. Uh, so here you go, right along the same lines as um, the the unlocked gateway that I was talking about. You play this and then, or Hecatomb and then this. Yeah. Um, this is just a board wipe. It's a straight up board wipe. I uh, I was in the Vault Thor uh, for Atlanta and I played against Codameron of the Bouncing Death Quark podcast, and uh, he played this turn one. Yeah. So for the rest of the game, I had to sit there and commit enough creatures to tempt him into blowing it up. Um, but I couldn't, like, he's too good of a player for me to, you know, just sandbag. Right. So it was, it was rough. It's a rough thing to go up against. I mean, this, this card is infinitely better in this set now. Because um, it, its comparison in, in the previous set was Gateway to Disc. And, yeah, you've got three chains for Gateway to Disc, but that didn't matter. Gateway, yeah, chains. Uh, this was so telegraphed that your opponent had to play around it. Like, you, yep. you, it was hard to play around a Gateway. This is like, you know, you put it down. But now that... Now that uh, gateway or key to dis, or, or unlocked gateway gives you the omega keyword, you yeah. can't really like. There's not a lot, whole lot of shenanigans you can do around it. This lets you do the the exact shenanigans you want, where you yeah. crack it and then play your creatures. Yeah, uh, it's a great card. It's strong. It was strong in the last set. It's strong in yeah. this set. Strong in um, this set. And it, dis it disincentivizes your uh, opponent for you know playing his stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, like they don't want to walk right into a, a board wipe. Um, so next up is Nefru. It's a four-power demon. Uh, it says, each time a creature is destroyed, its owner gains one ember. So I was looking at this and thinking, like, oh, Hecatomb would play into this really well. And then I realized that actually, no, that doesn't work at all because he would die. And as part of it, yeah. As part of it. Yeah. Um, but even so, still... That, no, that's a good rules distinction. He has to exist on the table after destroy... Uh, after right. whatever it is that's destroyed in order for you to get that effect. So if you board wipe, you do not get any of that ember. Yeah. Um, nor does your opponent. I think this card's weak. I think you have to control your opponent. Like, unless you can control your opponent's board the entire game, Yeah. it's really hard to not apply the effect both ways. It's, yeah. It's going to be... The only times that this is good is if you have your opponent's board locked down so they can't lose their own stuff right. by fighting into you. Right. Um, and you're ahead. Like, if you're ahead, then you're beating up on your opponent's stuff, and if you're so close to winning, um, like, maybe this puts you over the top from, like, close to winning to actually winning, but then your opponent can't be that close either because if they're close, then they're just going to, you know, this is going to make up the gap for them too. Right. Um, or if you have a bunch of ways, like, if your opponent... 
uh, yeah, if you just have a bunch of ways of destroying your own stuff, maybe. But this, this is way too conditional. I, yeah. I, I agree that it's weak. Uh, so Onyx Knight is a four-power demon knight uh, where you can... Well, so it says play, destroy each creature with odd power. So the interesting thing about this is if you look at a majority of the creatures you... I mean, that actually doesn't really count with this, but you have more odd no, or even number creatures than you do odd number creatures, mm -hmm. in, at least from what I can see here. Just yeah. cursory glance. Um, so that's interesting. Now, if you look at the... There's another card in uh, Sanctum that does a similar thing. Only for even. But it's even numbers. Yeah. They mostly have odd number powers. Gotcha. Uh, so certainly interesting. Uh, it's fine. Yeah, I, I, think I know. I, I mean, it's gonna blow up your stuff, and like you're gonna, you don't have any control over what it blows up, which is kind of a bummer. Right. I mean, you can play knowing that you got it, but I, I think you're right. I think it's average. Um, it's situationally, it could yeah. be strong if you can if you can kind of play around it and get your board set up that way. You can blow out your opponent, but yeah. it's too hard to control. It's not like Coward's End where you can control to an extent what has damage on it. Right. This is just did they play even power creature or not? Um, so it's it's. It's kind of just a four-power creature with potential upside that might hurt you a little bit. Yeah. Um, which I, I say that's firmly in the average camp with yeah. potential. Next up is Orb of Invidious. It is an artifact item that says, uh, sorry, gives you a bonus ember and says, after a creature reaps, stun it. That's better amber. Yeah. Harder to remove. Harder to remove. Um, and again, this affects you as well. It's yep. symmetrical. So you're going to have a, so if this is, if you're behind, um, this is detrimental. Very. So I don't know. I don't. I don't like it because I don't know. It just restricts me too much. I'm worried about being behind in the game, and even if I'm ahead, um, that's still tough. And there's no way to kind of get around this. So, so here's here's one of the moments where I like. I mean, obviously, printed amber, you don't stop, right? But you're going to be behind there regardless. What this does stop, and, and which is why maybe it's not such a big deal, is if. You're talking about being behind, and you're behind on board state. Yep. This affects you way less than it does your opponent. Your opponent right. can't free reap. Right. Like someone's got eight sanctum creatures out, they just can't reap for eight. Mm. Well, I mean, they do. But that's just it. If and they, then they, they they're stunned. Eight. But if they're if they're ahead of me, let's say they're on two keys and they reap with eight. Well, like this isn't going to help me. It's not going to close the gap. It's going to stun their stuff, but they're still going to forge their key. And if I if I take them off that key, like I, it needs to be a close gap. Like yeah, end game this doesn't do much for you. No. But I think early and middle game, like it has a lot of upside versus the potential downside of this is like reverse. This is so this is slow sigil. There's speed sigil from yeah. the last set that yeah, this is creatures you know, like the first creature goes. This is slow sigil yeah, where the game that. is going to slow down to molasses because yeah. everyone is going to need to. Reap with their creature, take a later turn to unstun those creatures. Yep. You know, um, so I don't... Is uh, it fun is, to deal with? I Probably not. I'd say it's average. I, I think it's... This uh, is so weird. I'll, I'll call it average because I'm at least... I'm not saying it's strong, but it's average. I, I feel like it's... I'm, I feel like I'm going to come back and I'm going to say it's weak. I feel like I'm going to get burnt by it more times than I'm going to be helped by it. Mm. And that is not the hallmark of a, uh, a strong or average creature. I mean, but I, I had some pretty good benefits from Amber Imp. Yeah. And yeah. this is... But you can remove the Amber Imp not any time you want, but way more reliably. Like, there's there's very few ways to remove 
that I guess it's a fair point. That's that, and that's the problem. Right, we'll, you we'll can see. control Ember more. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I, I feel like it's probably going to end up on the weekend, but I'm going to call it average for now, yeah. too. Uh, next up, we are into the rares. Um, so the first up in the rares is Ortanu the Chained. He is a seven power demon, which says Reap. Return each copy of Ortanu's binding from your discard pile to your hand. For each one returned this way, deal two to a creature with two splash. I assume, uh, in yes, looking at the rarity, so the next card that we would be reviewing is Ortanu's Binding, so let's yeah. just throw that in yeah. as well. Um, Ortanu's Binding is an action, gives you a bonus ember, and says, deal two damage to a friendly creature. So, taking all of this into account, um, it's a special rarity, so you're, you're guaranteed to get at least one Binding with Ortanu the Chained, um, kind of like a help from future self deal. Uh, you may be more, because it says each copy. Yeah. So, you... Reap with Ortanu, so you gain an Ember, you return a copy of this other card to your hand, you deal a total of six damage, two to a creature with two to splash, um, and then you can play the Binding itself, which is basically uh, gain an Ember, deal two to one of your creatures. Um, Ortanu can deal the damage to your own creatures too, if like the next turn you're worried about Coward's Ending or something. Right. Um, I think Ortanu... So let's take the binding out of it. So it doesn't search your deck, just your discard. Yeah. So you don't get like free value out of this right. from your from your deck. Um, but I think that's... Uh, so your, your floor here is a seven power creature that does nothing. Right. And that's okay. That's like... We've already talked a little bit about that. And that's like on the line of weak and average. Yeah. But the upside, if you have a binding, which you're guaranteed to have one of in your deck at least, um, that upside of, okay, well, you deal two damage to a friendly creature, but you get a free Ember out of it. And then Reaping with him puts that back in your hand and you gives you an effect. Again. Even if it just put that back in your hand, I would actually be okay with that just alone being yeah. like a, a solid average. But yeah. the fact that it then also does up to six damage spread out across three creatures, like this is totally just a monster strong card. Yeah. Um, so, so And we, if you can get multiple bindings, as it implies... Right, then it gets out of control. It's oh yeah, hands down. Like even just one makes yeah. it a strong card. It goes bonkers town if yeah. you get if you get more than one binding yeah, in your discard pile. So so we call Ortanu himself um, strong. What yeah. do we feel about binding? Uh, I feel like it's average. I mean, it certainly is a solution for a lot of the potential problems you could have. Oh yeah, it gets rid of your own amber imp. Gets rid of your own imp, uh, key imps. Um, I think it's it's average because it's it, the the price of pay the price to pay is just two damage to one of your creatures. Yeah. That's not that big of a yeah, deal. You can always hit something to for a bonus ember, yeah. and it's it's kind of a weird average. Yeah. Um, I think that if Wartanu didn't exist, would this be an average card or a weak Always card? Be a weak card. Yeah. So. You would still play it though, It'd because be you'd average. eventually get Ortanu. Yeah, and that price of two damage is uh, it's it's iffy. I think I, I, I put two damage on a creature for an amber. Well, and also. Like I said, in this set, there's so many creatures that you want to get rid of on your own. Yeah. Um, that I think it's pretty solid because you'd you'd want to get rid of your Amberit before you used Ortanu to reap. Um, yeah. I think it's, I think it's average. Uh, next up is Overlord Greking. Um, he is a seven. He's a reprint. He's a seven power demon that says after an enemy creature is destroyed fighting Overlord Greking, put that creature into play under your control. Straight up strong. Yep. Straight like up you strong. get a creature of theirs. Like four I mean, it becomes a lightning lightning rod. Of course, it is. but but even after they kill him, you still have that creature. Yep. Um, so that's yeah. He, you can do all sorts of crazy stuff with him. Yeah. Uh, all right. So after Overlord Greking comes Pit Lord. 
Uh, Pit Lord is a nine power demon. It gives you two bonus ember. Um, it's rare, well, it's rare in this for a creature to give you bonus ember, but it gives you two bonus ember, has taunt, but here's the downside. While Pit Lord is in play, you must choose this as your active house. How do you feel? I feel like he is a perfectly average card. I think he's strong. I have decks with him in it that are awesome. Yeah. Um, he gets me two ember, he sits there. So here's the catch. The decks where I have him in, uh, it's lucky that I actually have a good amount of dis creatures. Yeah. Um, because it makes dis just a house I want to call every turn. Um, so I think that if you don't have that kind of quality to your dis house, um, I think you're probably right with it being average. Yeah, uh, the instance where he is now the strongest card <laughs> in Dis is now, so they ruled it that uh, if you have a Maverick that has something like Pitlord's text, yep. uh, he you don't have to call Dis, mm -hmm. essentially, and you don't, you don't have to call the house that he belongs to. Right. It's just... That text might as well just be deleted from the card. Yeah, it's crazy. So Maverick Pit Lords are the best cards you could possibly have yeah. in this game. Um, no, he's, he's great. He's a nine-power creature with Todd for t and gives you two amber for playing it. And you seems have good. No downside. This is good. seems really good. Uh, so I will say he's average, and if you have the right kind of dis house yeah. where you're calling it over and over again, keep an eye out for that because yep. he'll be straight up strong. Yeah. Um, or if he's a Maverick. Or if he's a Maverick. You're lucky enough of that. Uh, next up is Red Hot Armor. It is a action. Gives you a bonus ember and says each enemy creature with armor loses all of its armor until the end of the turn and then is dealt one damage for each point of armor it lost this way. So the, am the, the armor it already has, it's losing it, it won't stop the damage that it's going to be dealt. So if you have a creature with two armor, it then goes to zero armor and takes two damage. Right. Um, kind of weird, but like, you know, that's how it works. Yep. Um, I, this one's conditional. If they have armor, yeah, it, like if you're if you're up against Sanctum, let's just call them right out. Yeah, um, we'll shame Sanctum here, armor shaming. Um, it's fantastic. You're going to do a ton of damage with this thing. Right. If your opponent's deck does not have Sanctum, it's just a yeah. bonus ember, and it's yep. probably not going to do anything. So I would say. I mean, that's one out of seven houses where it's relevant. And Brobnar has a tiny bit of armor. Yep. There's a little bit of armor in a couple other places. And dis and... But, like, very, very minor. Yeah. Um, so I would call it weak. Like, with an asterisk. Yeah. Because... It, if, can, it can be good. Right. Because it, one out of seven houses, in if your opponent has one of the... Uh, you know, one out of those seven houses, it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, it goes right up to strong. Yep. Uh, otherwise, it's not that great. Next up... Restringuntus or Restringidus. I don't know how you want to say yeah, it. I, I like Restringidus. It just I flows like, better. Yeah, it just flows better. Even if that's not 100%. But then people don't know. People refuse to pronounce the Penth Seed correctly. Yeah. So, you know what? I'm not going to I'm not gonna worry about spelling yeah. restring, or pronouncing Restringidus wrong. Um, Restringidus is a one-power demon. It's a reprint. Uh, it says, play, choose a house. Your opponent cannot choose that house as their active house until Restringidus leaves play. It's great. Yeah, it's a good yeah. card. I mean, it blocks somebody out of a house, at least for it, a turn. It dies to a stiff breeze. Yep. But, but um, yeah, I think it's it's even with a short of that stiff breeze. I've had this sit on the table for turns. I've had someone locked out of the game with a single yep. restraining just because of bad luck on their draws. Yep. And not having any removal. An entire hand of Sanctum. An entire hand. An entire board. They yeah. couldn't even attack into it. Yep. Um, 
And I've had other games where I've won because I locked them out and they had to deal with like a taunter or, you know, other stuff around the Restringitus. Uh, I had a, a rise with Restringitus, so they took their turn to kill it. I had a rise, get it back, play it again. Uh, it's it's just a fantastic card. There's almost no downside. Actually, there is literally no downside to playing it. Right. Um, and it's really, you know, it's really awesome. Yep. Uh, next up, Shadow of Dis is an action. Gives you a bonus ember and says, until your next turn, enemy creatures' text boxes are considered blank except for traits. And what it means by traits is we keep saying uh, Restringitus is a demon or uh, Overlord Grecking is a demon. Oh, okay, they're all demons. Lollop the Giant is a giant, is a giant in location. Right, so they keep those. Yes. But all of the text. So Restringitus' text box is choose a house your opponent cannot choose that house. Shadow of Dis wipes that blank. Yep. So you would obviously not use it on your... Well, you could use it on your own. So uh, if you had one of the key imps... So let's say enemy creatures. Oh, oh enemy I'm sorry. Creatures. I'm sorry. Yep. Okay. Never mind. Scratch that. Uh, enemy creatures. Text so if your opponent has a key imp, yep. <laughs> uh, you, yeah. can, you can blank it out until your next turn. However, this is a card that this certainly also blows up in your face. Yeah. Um, uh, suddenly, uh, well, this actually works like Cuff the Quiet. You, you, you know, you get rid of his elusive. Yep. Um, that's cool. However, um, then we look at, uh, let me try to remember the name, uh, well, Wallop the Giant suddenly doesn't have skirmish or reverse skirmish anymore, so now attacking into him actually deals damage back to you. Yeah. So is this, is this average or strong? I feel, I'm leaning towards strong. That's pretty strong. There's a lot of shenanigans that, that are in people's text boxes. It's until your next boxes. turn. Like, Two. So that means they don't get yeah. in. If they play another creature... That's still blank. Yeah. Like, they can't... It's not like like in Magic, uh, if you were to... If this were a card that existed in Magic, only creatures that existed at the time of the card being played would be blank. New mm. creatures coming right. out afterwards would not be blank. But this... It, unless the FAQ says otherwise, and I'm not seeing it, this affects anything that they anything. do. And there, it's, it's an action. So it's not like an artifact or an upgrade yeah. or your own creature. Like, there's zero they can do about this. Yep. Um, until, you know, afterwards. So I think it's straight up strong. This is... Super strong. This is like... Control the weak level strong. Control yep. the weak is fantastic. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not... It's certainly not stopping people from doing certain things, right? No, they but, can still reap, they can still fight. Yep. Um, but it just... Anything they... Any other weird restring stuff they to, to do. Restringitus becomes useless. Like, you know, yeah. like... Uh, you... If you play... If you happen to play well, Shadow Disc... It's until your next turn, so that means that he will oh, yeah, get his fair. text box back. By that's fair. When, by the time it's your next turn. Right. But even still. Yeah. Um, still, yeah, still. And it's only creatures, so yeah. it won't affect their artifacts, which would have been super cool. Yeah. But um, regardless. All right. So we're going to move on to Shard of Pain. So this is part of that shard cycle, the Per House shard cycle. Um, this one is an uh, artifact, item, shard. Action, deal one damage to an enemy creature for each friendly shard. So minimum here, it's a bad seeker needle. Yep. Um, and then it goes up from there. So yep. I, would, I would say, like, weak with upside. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it, it's I, I I said maybe that the the plus one plus one power or the plus one power shard was bad. We said it was average. Or it was average. That's right. Yeah, this would be weak. Yeah, comparatively. I mean, one damage is not. Yeah. So again, we'll go with an asterisk on this because obviously, if your deck has multiple shards, it gets better. Right. Um, you also need them in play for it to be good. Right. Uh, but I mean, a single point of damage. 
like we we uh, we raided other cards. Uh, there was another artifact in Broadmoor that was one and then splash one. Yeah, and that was average. Like it's yeah, fine, and this fine. is the worst version of that. Yeah, you know, until you get other shards into play. So I think yeah, I think it's weak to start with. And you can't split the damage. So if you have more yeah, shards, so it's, just, it's just one to yep. three damage, or yeah, well, really one to three damage because we yeah. don't know if you can get any more shards outside right. of that. So it's 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 fine. It goes yeah. it goes up to being average. Honestly, I don't think it goes above yeah, average. No. Even even if you got like six shards, well, maybe if you have well, like six shards. Once it's somehow. three, it's punch. It's yeah. repeatable punch. Right, that's fair. Um, which or is canon, all... even like yeah, regular it's canon old at canon. that point. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's it's it'll yeah. it becomes a, a top end average. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Soul Snatcher is an artifact vehicle that says each time a creature is destroyed, its owner gains one. Yep. I don't like this card because it always burns me. Yeah, I always it, get myself into it's a weird Nefru. position. It's Nefru you right. can't remove. Exactly. It's a Nefru that you have no control over because right. it's very hard to get rid of your own artifacts. Right. Um, so what do we say for Nefru? So I think Nefru... Uh, we gave Nefru a week. Yeah. I don't think this gets better no. because you have less control over this. I was excited for it at one point, but I do realize the the crappiness of Soul, Soul Snatcher. It's it's a cool card. It's a yeah. fun card, but it just costs you If you could much. turn it off, that'd be good. But... Yeah, it's, it's like win more because if yeah. you're in a position where you can kind of control their board and just keep blowing it... Well, no, because then it's just giving them Ember. You know what I would love to see this if, if they ever like try to remake this card in some way? I'd like this to... This to be like the reverse war chest. Yeah. Like for every time your creature is destroyed, you gain. Well, or even or even like a way to turn it off. Yeah. Like action, they ignore its effect. Yeah. <laughs> or or but like that that's what I mean is like if you effectively you do that if you make it like a reverse war chest where yeah. it's your own creatures right, right. being destroyed. Uh, I, that would be make that much better for me, but as it stands, no. Yeah, it's not. Exactly. Um, so we're moving on to Tolis. It is a one power imp with elusive. It says each time a creature is destroyed, its opponent gains one. Right. Um, so, I think it's I think it's pretty average. There's it's situations average. where it's great. Yep. Uh, there's situations where it will ruin your day. Yep. I've won games because my opponent played a Tolis, and I was able to take a huge advantage of it. Yep. Um, it's also there's so many ways to deal one damage to yep. things. Like it kind of makes him not that great. No, so yeah, so your opponent can pop it. And again, uh, if Tolis is not on the battlefield when the creature is destroyed, yeah. um, it, you do not get the Ember. So a board wipe, you don't gain Ember from it. Uh, Tolis does not gain Ember from itself being destroyed. Right. Um, or does not grant Ember from yep. itself being destroyed. So things to keep in mind. Um, so yeah, I think average. It's yep. fine. Uh, it's some, if, if you can control the situation, it can be a powerhouse card, but it's, it's tricky. Yeah. Um, so be careful with it. Uh, so next and last in the dis house is Wretched Doll. It is an artifact item which says action. If there is a doom counter in play, destroy all creatures with doom counters. Otherwise, put a doom counter on a creature. So it is a slow roll destroy a creature. Right. So turn one. So, so over the course of three turns, you can destroy a creature. So turn one, you play it. Comes in exhausted. Turn two... You use the action to put a doom counter on a creature. Turn three, you blow up the creature with a doom counter on it. Right. Um, if you get two wretched dolls, that's pretty. Yeah, cool. that's when this card starts getting yeah, better. That's when turn when two, multiple every copies. other. Uh, well, I guess actually, so turn one, you play them. Turn two, you blow up a creature. Turn three, you blow up a creature. Turn right. four. All right. So, wretched doll. Uh, where where does it land for you? I mean, it, it like even at like. The minimum, 
yeah, it's a very slow creature removal. I mean, it still kind of feels average because it, I mean, it it bypasses something, right? It bypasses the need to actually deal damage to something. It just takes me two turns to do it. Yeah. And, um, and then the more wretched dolls you get, it only gets more like exponentially more powerful. Sure. It is a rare, so it's not going to be. It's, Does it's going to be unusual to see more than one wretched doll in a deck? So, so here's my other thing too. The way this is worded, I don't, I don't actually think it works with multiple wretched, do- wretched dolls because, right, you use the first one to place a uh, doom counter in play. Uh huh. And then the second one blows it up. Yeah. So it just makes it faster. Right. You don't put more Doom no, counters. No, no. But yeah, I, I would say it's it's average. I, I'm leaning towards strong. So, I... Hmm. No, I no, I think you're right. I think it's the upper end of average. Because if you get this early, like you get this turn one. Yeah. Um, let's say Magic Christmas Land here. You get this turn one. You only have one in your deck because it's a rare. So it's unlikely for you to have more than one in your deck. But you get this turn one. That means that... Uh, so the third time that you call this, and then every other turn after you call this, is going to blow up a creature. But there's right. no guarantee that that creature is even going to be around with its doom counter. Because if, if my opponent puts a doom counter on one of my creatures, uh, I want to use that creature to fight into one of their creatures because yep. it's going to die anyway. Maybe. Yep. I mean, it might be smart to just reap it and force them to blow it up down the road. Yeah. Um, but it, it's tricky. So honestly, I mean, I now I'm coming like way down on this thing, and I'm I'm firmly average possibly even lower yeah. um, because just because it, it requires you to have a dis house so similar to um, what we talked about with um, pit lord where you need a dis house that you're going to want to call over and over and over again to get maximum value uh, pit lord way easier to get the maximum value out of yep. than wretched doll um, so I'm, I'm firmly in the average camp now yeah. I've come way down on this it's pretty average yeah Anyway, I think that ends DIS for us. Yeah, I think that's going to wrap up DIS. All right.